Everything Dog Training with me, John McGuigan. Our goal is to bring you information on dog training methods which work and are kind, cutting through the myth and the folklore to help you have a better behaved, happier, emotionally healthier dog who is a joy to be around. A massive thank you again for joining me uh, this evening, this morning, or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. So I'm, I'm very aware of the amount of content that's available for you to, to consume in the number of podcasts uh, to listen to and to uh, watch videos on YouTube and, and uh, Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of it. So uh, it, I'm hugely, uh, hugely appreciate you taking your time out to listen to my content or to consume my content. Yeah, so um, I'm not going to ask how you are because uh, I think a lot of us are sick of being asked how we're doing. Um, so where we are just now, this is the 8th of March. Um, Scotland has been locked down now for two months. So we started just before Christmas. So yeah, two and a half months. Uh, and uh, we've got another probably six weeks ahead of us before we start easing um, some of our restrictions. So it's been grim for a lot of people. Uh, I know that some countries are faring considerably worse than others uh, and also within those communities that some people are faring worse than others. So I've been fortunate that I'm able to continue to work because I can still work outside. So I know that that's not the case for everybody. Um, I know that uh, people saying that they're, they're thinking about you and their thoughts are with you. Um, isn't a huge amount of consolation, but it's it's all that a lot of people can offer. Um, but if you are one of those people that is having a hard time, um, then I'm thinking about you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't uh, minimise what you're going through. I know that it's really, really rough. Um, and on that note, um, the, I think a lot of people are spending a lot of time on social media. Um, tempers get frayed, things get said, and just remember that when you're you are on social media and you're you're commenting on things, that there's another person on the other, other end of that uh, thread that you're interacting with. It's not just words on a page, and you can um, you can affect their lives, you can affect their mood, you can affect their day. Um, a lot of time for the worse and I think very few times for the better. Uh, so, and it's something that I find difficult if I see something objectionable either with towards dog training or something else. Um, and my initial reaction is to, to counter it. And yeah, so just, just um, I please remember that there's somebody else sitting on the other end of that. Um, I had a comment today. Somebody had asked for free advice on my Facebook page. And I had um, I'd responded and just said that I don't give free advice um, online. Uh, not what she was looking for anyway. Two young dogs um, with a, a kind of shopping list of problems that would have taken me a, a while to go through. Um, and, and I just said to her, I'm sorry, I don't give free advice. And she came back with some kind of... Um, snarky comment about you know what happened to human decency and you know i would rather ask for somebody down the road than ask you now blah 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 right so she acted that angrily and i just went back to her and said look i get that people are finding it difficult just now and whether she sees that reply or not i don't know um but previously um that would have been a green light for me to just um <laughs> 
kind of lambast that person and the gloves would have come off. Uh, but just recognise that people are, are they're having a hard time. Um, so, yeah, be kind. Um, okay, so what we're going to talk about today, a few topics for the for discussion today. Uh, I'm mainly going to talk about um, when we make things easy for ourselves uh, and what goes on with that. Now, what I'm, I mean by that is, is talking about training equipment. Um, when we use a piece of training equipment on our dog to make our lives easier. So I'll go through, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about um, uh, what behaviour's for and, and why we use these pieces of training equipment um, and then how seductive it is to keep using that, okay? So what's behaviour for? All of our behaviour is to achieve outcomes, okay? So all, all of your behaviour, so me um, doing this podcast, uh, the outcome that I'm looking for is to put um, what I know to be okay and it's is my knowledge okay so it's um what i know to be um good doctrine information that i've learned from um awesome trainers and academics what i know to be good information and i put that out into the public sphere and so that's what in order to improve your lives listening to this okay so to give you some insight or uh, information about how to deal with your your own dog and in your own life okay so that's what our behavior that's what or my behaviour of doing this podcast is for your behaviour of listening to this podcast could be for a variety of things, okay? Um, it might be to get information about your dog. It might just be to pass time on your commute, okay? But you'll certainly have, you're certainly more likely to have some uh, interest in dog behaviour if you're listening to, to me talking just now, okay? So you're looking to get information about your dog, okay? Um, now, uh, with... What I've uh, looked at, I, I, when I started learning um, dog training, it was it was all a behaviorist approach, behaviorism. Okay, so looking at um, BF Skinner and looking uh, at his works, uh, whereas uh, in the last year of uh, looking at more to do with neuroscience and philosophy and things like that, which I've talked about before in the podcast, and uh, and. And this is more to do with the, the human part of this interaction between you and your dogs. So we've got all this stuff that's caught up in our lives, all of our stuff. So just as I was saying uh, just at the start of the, the podcast uh, or this episode, if you're having a bad time, there's every likelihood that your dog is going to um, feel that. So he's going to be sensitive to that, okay, and then potentially feel the brunt of your bad mood. Okay, so if you're if you are impatient, you know, if you're having a bad day and you come in and you you can't be bothered with your dog jumping up on you and and you know you've not trained him to to keep his four feet on the ground when he when he trains sorry when he greets you, is that you are much more likely to react to that because of the bad day that you're having. Okay, so we've got our own stuff caught up in this, which is why it's important to try and put out some good vibes into the world, which I was just talking about. Okay, so trying to be the, the kinder that we are to people means that they're less likely to go in and shout at their dogs when they go home and their wife and their husband and their kids, okay? Um, sound their horn in traffic and whatnot. Okay, right, so um, it's to achieve outcomes, okay? Now, um, and I, I don't know if I want to say, I'll say it anyway, okay, but I don't know how, um, certainly this is certainly something that you can have a think about or uh, discuss um, is, is our behaviours to make our life easier, potentially. 
So we learn how to take a glass of water when we're drink a glass of water when we're thirsty and we know where that the glasses are and how to turn the tap on, then that makes uh, it easier for us to take a glass of water to achieve that outcome. Okay. Now what we've also got um in rolled up in that and in our human experience of being on this planet is we've got short-term goals and long-term goals. Okay, so if you think about, um, there's a book that I'm reading just now, and you can, if you're watching this on uh, YouTube, there is a book just in that corner there, uh, if I can find my finger pointing properly, right, so that book there, okay, with the, it looks like it's a skull on it, the black book in the corner, that's by um, Jocko Willink, who is a retired Navy SEAL commander, and he talks a lot about long-term stuff and short-term stuff, as well as many other motivational um, people, writers and speakers and all the rest of it. So it's short-term pain for, or discomfort for long-term uh, benefit. Okay, um, so if we looked at that from a health point of view, okay, if, uh, and again, this is not a judgment on anybody, okay, it's just what people get upset with me, I'm not judging anybody on any of this, because I've certainly got my own stuff that, um, <laughs> that I'm working on. Um, it is easier for you to um, not do a workout or for not to go out for that walk, okay, it's easier for you to um, eat a chocolate bar um, than it is for you to eat something which is a little bit more healthy, okay? And the reason for that is um, accessibility, so it's, much, it's just easy, okay? And also because we get that short-term hit from that sugar, okay? And then motivating yourself to go out for that run, okay, or, or to go for a walk or, or to lift weights or to move, um, that, that can take a little bit of effort, okay? So we've got short-term discomfort or pain. And if we keep working on that, then we've got long-term benefits from that. So if we look again, as I mentioned, that health model, okay, if we invest in our, our health just now, then we're, our longevity is likely to increase. And uh, yeah, and, and we as we move into old age, we're less likely to have... Um, health conditions, less likely to, okay? So if we look after ourselves, and that, that's about making choices in the moment, okay? So we've got short-term uh, and long-term thinking, okay? Now, um, look at things from uh, when you are uh, looking, at, looking at it from a different angle. Do, if we do things which are in short-term, uh, our short-term benefit, okay? So if they're good for us in the short-term, does it mean that somebody else has to pick up the slack, okay, in the long term? So think about if your um, your children uh, leave their toys lying about, okay? So in the short term, it's much easier for them to leave their toys lying about and not pick up, okay? But in the long term, then when you're not there or when we're not there as parents to look after them and they've got a place for their own, they've not built the habit of tidying up after themselves, and their house becomes like a cowp, okay, or like a, a rubbish tip, okay. Now, uh, that kind of uh, this is um, it's for your own good type thing, okay. So if we if we teach kids that they do need to tidy stuff up, okay, it means that they know where everything is, and uh, their houses are tidy, okay, clean and tidy. All right. So that's just an example of it. So if the child, being a child, uh, doesn't clean up after themselves um, because it's to their short-term benefit 
to leave things as they are because they can go away and, and play or do something else, then us as the parents are potentially going to have to fill that gap. And this happens a lot with dog training, I think. Okay, so it's just, it's just my opinion on it. And feel free to disagree with me. Okay, um, it's, it's totally fine. You know, it's just what I'm thinking about things. So what we have is we have some uh, training equipment uh, which leads to, which is, I think, is short-term thinking and is, is for a short-term solution, which the dog tends, tends to have to make up that distance or to carry that can, okay, um, or to fill that gap, whatever kind of metaphor that you want to use. So I, I, I think about filling the gap a lot, okay. Um, so if a owner is unskilled and a dog is unskilled, who fills the gap? To make things easier for the owner okay does the owner do it or does the dog do it okay now as in a couple of examples of that are we have a, like a no pull harness so a front clip harness or a harness which restricts and pulls the shoulders down okay making it uncomfortable for the dog to pull or a head collar okay so i think these are short term this is my opinion this is how i use them if i'm going to use them okay uh, I use, uh, um, I will occasionally use a head collar if the owner turns up with one, okay, or an opal harness if the owner turns up with one, okay. But what I try and do with when I'm working with clients is I say to them, this is here for a, a, a as a short term uh, solution to allow us to start training the dog for longer term goals, okay. Now, so we put the head collar on and the dog is now having to fill, fill that gap, okay? Because the dog is, it's the dog when a dog pulls in the lead, feels that discomfort on his neck or his face or on her, or her neck or her face. So she then relieves that pressure by walking next to you, okay? So that's how these things work, okay? Prong collars and slip leads are exactly the same if they're used in, in this manner by, you know, a prong collar is used in that manner anyway because that's what it's for. But if we're using a slip lead to you know, cinch up around the dog's ears and under the dog's jawline. The dog's now having to make up the, the gap there, okay? Now, that might give us a starting uh, point. So the starting point is the dog is now not pulling, okay? But not pulling and walking on, the, on a loose lead are both outcomes, okay, with different behaviours attached. So one of them is not doing a behaviour and the other one is doing a set of behaviours. So not pulling, versus walking well and they both look the same okay but we're looking at it from two different angles so if we put a head collar on the dog okay and the dog stops pulling that now gives us an opportunity to start reinforcing well um the dog for walking next to us okay so through good movement and uh through use of um food reinforcement okay so giving the dog um treats for walking next to us okay now what we've got is think of it as being the as the stabilizers. Okay, so stabilizer analogy on a on a bike, a child's bike is a really good analogy for this. Okay, so we we put um, stabilizers on a bike, and I'll get back, I'll get to that in a second because I know that we're teaching children differently now to ride on a bike, ride a bike. So we put um, stabilizers on a bike. This is how I learned how to ride the bike uh, in the seventies, and uh, we then ride that bike. Okay, now I remember guys, when I learned to ride a bike when I was five or six years old, 
And it was people that I was at school with who were eight and nine years old and still using stabilizers, okay? So that's very, very similar to you having a head collar in your dog uh, and three years later still using that head collar, okay? So what, what you, all you're doing there is you're, you're using the head collar to stop the dog from pulling, but the dog has never learned to walk on a loose lead because if they learned to walk on a loose lead, we wouldn't be having to use the head collar anymore, okay? Now, and I'm going to state, I'm going to say that as a statement of fact, Okay, that's, I'm going to say that that's not really up for debate. If you're still using a head collar three and four years later, and you still need to use it, so without using the head collar, the dog pulls, then the dog has not learned to walk on a loose lead. All the dog has learned to do is not pull. Okay, all right. Now, what happens with these things is, and this is why I, I urge clients not to use them. So when my clients come with me, come to see me, I ask them to buy either a perfect fit or a, a, a rough wear harness. And rough wears are you FF wear. And if you Google either of those two harnesses and look at what the, you can see from the front, it's a Y-shaped yoke. Okay, so basically it clears the dog's shoulders and comes down through the dog's chest and comes round uh, the sides. Uh, of the ribs okay so a y-shaped yoke at the front now that does allow the dog to pull okay but because i'm a positive reinforcement trainer and we do positive reinforcement training here in, in the company um that we then teach the dog to walk on a loose lead okay and i set that up from the start Okay, now what happens, and this is going back to us making it easy for ourselves, is that it then takes work for us to teach the dog how to walk on a slack lead with us. That takes work and it takes effort on our behalf, okay, on our part. It takes work, effort, dedication, concentration, okay, and those things can be, and for a lot of people, are difficult, okay. And because they're difficult for us, we make them easy for us by just putting the head collar or the no-pull harness back on the dog, okay? Um, so think about it that if you are, um, if you are uh, teaching your dog to walk on a um, loose lead and you're doing really well and you've got the dog off the head collar and then one day you get up and you're tired and you're sore and you're hungry and you've you know, had an argument with your boss and you've had a rubbish week at work and all the rest of it, and it is perfectly normal within our human experience to just go, I'll just put the head collar on the dog today because I can't be bothered. Okay, I can't be bothered doing all that work. So you see how the dog then fills in that gap. The dog has to step up and fill the gap between us not being doing what we need to to teach the dog to walk on a loose lead um, and us having the ability to do it or, or the, the willingness or the motivation to do it, okay? And this is human nature. In fact, I don't even think it's human nature. I think it's just the nature of behavior is that we do the behaviors that are uh, that are most likely to get our outcomes. And what we've got in that moment there is we've got the need to take the dog out, the walk, out for a walk, the need for the dog not to pull, and the need for us to teach the dog to walk in a loose lead and those can be those three things can be competing in that moment and whichever one we are most motivated to do is the one which we will do okay so it's been a few weeks since i've put this uh, since i've done an episode in this podcast and uh 
procrastination. I'll just listen to another podcast on this on the Daily Stoic, and we're talking about um, uh, procrastination. Okay, I've been putting off recording this podcast probably for about two weeks. So it took me about a week or so for me to gather my thoughts together about what I wanted to say, but I've had a fair idea of what I wanted to say for two weeks. This will take me an hour, okay? It'll take me an hour to record this, to get this information out. But I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because it was easier for me not to do it, okay? Now, because I've recorded this one, okay, it's now going to be much easier for me to record another podcast tomorrow, all right? Uh, and so if you're finding it difficult for you to um, train your dog and you, you can't be bothered doing that, just say, um, well, let's go out and I'll, I'll put it on for two minutes, okay? And then I'll do it for four minutes. So as long as we're basically showing up and doing that work with our dog without that piece of training equipment on, uh, then uh, we're, we're getting some, some time in there, okay? So the, the, there's, as you can see there, um, there's a lot of things which uh, get in the way and it's not quite as, as clear cut as saying just get it done and just do it. Okay. Um, now I tend to, and this is, this is where I am with, with my stuff. Um, I brought my dog into my life and I brought my dog into my life knowing the, the relatively complex um, behavior and training issues that he had. So if I've made that decision four and a bit years ago to bring him in, into my life, I then have to do what's necessary in order to fulfill those needs, okay? And as best as I can, and I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that I, I achieve this all the time, okay? Because it would be like, I mean, I don't even know what the example would be. Um, you know, this <laughs> deity that never loses their, their patience or their temper or gets irritable with their dog, okay? So that, you know, so pick something in literature of this infallible being. Okay, um, there are times where I, I I do get you know days that I just go, oh, I can't be bothered. I just cannot be bothered today doing the work that I need to do with my dog. But then I look at him and say, it's him that's going to suffer for that. It's not me. So the days that I blow off my workout, that's mine. That's all mine. Okay, it, it's me that's going to pay for that. For you know for the next workout being more difficult or when I look back over my, my training diary over a month and I've done, you know, 20 workouts instead of the 25 that I wanted to or whatever, as an example. Okay, but it's me that pays that price. Nobody else has to fill that gap because I'm, you know, only letting myself down kind of idea. But when I don't train my dog, when I take him out and I ask him to step up, I'm letting him down, okay? And I'm aware that some of this language can be can sound judgmental. I don't mean it to sound like that, okay? Um, because everybody's got their own stuff going on. So if there's days that you, you go out and just think I, I really can't be bothered today, cool, give yourself a break on that day, but then you go, right, I'm gonna the next day you go out and say, No, I gave myself a break today, sorry, yesterday, so I need to do it tomorrow. Okay. So one of the things that, in that Jocko Willing book that I was saying. One of the things that he says in it when you're taking a rest day from your training or from your your your, your daily work, and I don't mean your work as in your occupation, I mean you're working to improve your life, is if on those days that you go, uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna work out today, I'm just gonna have a rest day today. He says, work out anyway, and then say, I'll have my rest day tomorrow. 
And if you get up in the morning, uh, tomorrow morning, and still want to have a rest day, then you can have that rest day because you worked out yesterday, okay? But when you say, I'm going to do it tomorrow, it's you're pushing that into the future and you're not putting that rep into your, or that, that day's training into your, your training diary. And it's very, very similar with your dog. So if you get, if we, if we get into the habit of just saying, yep, I'm going to do some training, training today, I'm going to take my dog out and not put the harness, that um, uh, no-pull harness, or I'm not going to put that head collar, or I'm not going to put that slip leader prong collar on my dog, and I'm going to train using positive reinforcement even for 10 minutes or for 15 minutes. Uh, then we've put that stuff in the bank, okay? And it's through that accumulation of repetition, boom, 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 over and over and over again that we get that sustained and sustainable and permanent behavior change. Okay. All right. So um, there's, there's, uh, these are just the thoughts that have been kind of going through my mind with this, because I had a, a discussion with Aileen, who's one of our trainers on this, and she was asking, um, like, would I ever recommend with these kind of really strong pulling dogs, would I ever recommend that we start with a no-pull harness? Okay. And, and I said to her, I don't. Okay. And the reason why I don't is because of the human side of this is it because it's like we're just given the we're, we're kind of and i don't mean permission okay well to a degree i do i do mean permission um the clients come into us because they want our expert opinion very often they will hear what they want to hear in order to make their lives better okay um because that's just how things work okay and, and i get that but if we're giving them, we're saying to them, it's okay to use a no-pull harness or a head collar here and we're going to start out doing it, very often that can just mean that we're, we're, at, we're endorsing that, yep, and they'll go away going, yep, solved the problem and uh, and, that, and it was easy to do, okay. Um, yeah, so solve my problem and I don't need it to do any more work and the dog then suffers from that. Okay, um, so there's just some thoughts on that. Okay, um, if you've got any any thoughts on this, wherever you so this will be on Facebook and YouTube. Please comment um, and let me know your thoughts on this. Or if you've got any thoughts on any of this, if you can email me, info at glasgowdogtrainer.co.uk. It's info at glasgowdogtrainer.co.uk um, with any comments or feedback on this. And I, um, I do read stuff out on on previous um from that people do email on about podcasts because it gives us stuff to talk about okay um no so just very lastly on that i was um speaking to a trainer friend on of mine a few uh months ago and we were talking about the the kind of allure of using aversive training okay so using an e-collar and she was saying that a, a trainer that she worked with a long time ago learned positive reinforcement dog training, but he had a problem which was not, um, which he didn't have the skills to solve using um, a non-aversive approach. Okay. So he then went to a trainer who recommended an e-collar. And she said, because the e-collar was so fast and so effective so quickly, he then started using an e-collar on his dog for all behaviors. Okay. And then every client he worked with put an e-collar on the dog. Okay, now when you'll see there that um, when people <laughs> say there, well, you just said an, an e-collar is very effective, but e-collar is an e-collar is very effective. Okay, and it's it's effective because it's so aversive. Okay, 
um, because it's able to deliver immediate uh, and meaningful discomfort or pain to the dog when the dog does a behavior that we don't like, okay? And then we can release that, immediately release that, um, that pain or discomfort um, when the dog does behaviors that we do like, okay? And this is why it's so, so effective, okay? Um, but I'm interested in the learner's experience um, through that as well, okay? It's not just the, the trainer's experience. So because it is so effective, he then just went dead easy for me. I can I just put that, I can put that e-collar on every dog that I can work with and I can bang through the, the training and behaviors that we want, okay? Um, now, that then sets the dog up to be using that e-collar for the rest of the, the, the life, okay? Um, and, you know, and, and be subject to that electrical stimulation, okay? So, um, and this is because it was so reinforcing that the trainer got his results really, really, really quickly for that one problem behavior. And then he, he was then, it, it, then it was easy for him to use that and not have to think about positive reinforcement training approaches and training solutions for future behaviors with both his own dog and with other dogs, okay? So I've written here in my notes, uh, once, once you let it go once, you're then much more likely to use that again, okay? Um, I do, uh, so as part of my own work as a human being, and you hear that, it's my jaw cracking, um, is my work as being a human being on this planet, I'm trying to, you know, improve my life and uh, improve how I interact with, with people and all the rest of it. And I do something, uh, try and do something every day, which I, I really, I, I don't really want to do. Okay. So that, um, and whether that might just be not procrastinating. Okay. So the two easy things that I can do is I can stretch and I can do a cold shower. Okay. Now, um, the, the Wim Hof method, the Iceman, um, he talks about a two minute cold shower every day for health reasons. And I've been doing it now for, probably maybe three or four months. Yep, probably there or thereabouts, okay. Um, there isn't one day that I'm in that warm shower, okay. <laughs> I'm having that hot shower and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I'm really looking forward to that shower getting cold at the end, okay. There is not one day that I think, oh, this is going to be fantastic, okay. Um, I started it over the winter in Scotland, so, you know, um, the water in the tank is sitting about, you know, one or two degrees for most of the winter. It doesn't get, very, it doesn't get warm. It's cold, um, but I make myself do it. And I make myself do it um, for the discipline of doing it and what it teaches me to go, yep, it's two minutes out of my life, I can do that, okay? And then the other thing that I can do is, I do is, is stretch. Um, so I'm trying to stretch, um, some gain some flexibility in my feet just now, and there's one, and it's a stress pose, okay, um, that I'm stretching my toes off and, I do that several times a week and I make myself do it and I breathe through that discomfort. So having these um, these goals of, you know, I'm going to do this thing which is uncomfortable and I'm going to work through it. You've got that sense of achievement at the end of it to say, no, I didn't just, you know, blow it off and say, nah, I don't want to do it today because that's the easy uh, way to do it. I, I took the approach which was challenging and difficult and I improved as a result. Okay, so this is what um, I am asking and advocating that we do with our dogs. Okay, as we, we step up and we take that approach and we make that um, we make something we do something which is challenging for us to the benefit of our dog each time. Okay, 
Okay, so uh, next thing that I wanted to talk about, I was going to talk about um, uh, dog training on television. So we've got a new Netflix uh, program called Canine Intervention. Okay, and again, I'm not bashing, not actually bashing the guy that's doing it. I'm just saying that I don't agree with these training methods. Um, number of things that have gone around, you know, so all this stuff on social media about this recently um, over the last couple of weeks with, you know, all dog trainers talking about it and then other trainers are saying, don't talk about it cancel your subscription to Netflix, don't cancel your subscription and so on. All right. Um, so just wanted to give you some of my thoughts about it. Um, if you're listening to this as uh, this podcast as a owner, and which is what this podcast is, is made for, this information is made to get good, clean, scientific information out to owners rather than trainers. Trainers are welcome to listen to it and hopefully they'll learn something um as well but it's it's, it's aimed at owners uh, to get you thinking about different things just because it's on television doesn't mean that it's okay all right um so the the dog whisperer um because it was hugely successful and this is when i started 20 years ago um with my own dogs the, the dog whisperer was a type of training that i that i advocated okay and that i did with my old my dogs 20 years ago and i did it because it was on television Okay, well, that was one of the reasons. It was on television. It looks as if it worked, and I thought, yep, that will work. Okay. Um, and it's taken us 20-odd years to, as a positive reinforcement doctrine and community to try and educate against that. And then Netflix, for reasons of television, and that's it, it's for reasons of television, okay, and not education, I've put this new um, show up. Okay. So we've got... The guy who is um, young and charismatic and male, all important things, okay, for television, all right, um, and he comes in as this kind of hero of um, that comes in and, and, and fixes people and their dogs, okay. That makes for good television. It's made for great storytelling for thousands of years, okay. Uh, the male protagonist comes in and sorts everything out and all is well with the world, okay? Wrangles um, wild beasts and, you know, um, fends off demons and, you know, all that stuff. So we look at everything, you know, all of our all of our um, storytelling and um, and reading and, and uh, videos and, and film for our, your whole lives and you just look at it over and over and over again. It's, that's pretty, um, pretty standard, okay? So it's a tried and true method of getting of good television. Positive reinforcement dog training generally doesn't make for good dog good television, rather. Okay. So positive reinforcement dog training does not make good television. Okay. Um, because it's subtle, okay, and it's nuanced and it's intricate. Uh, and you for me, I get my geek on watching it. Um, because I can see what's going on. Um, so Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is my hobby, and this is just as another example. Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a great sport to, to participate in, and it's a great sport to watch if you do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, okay? If you don't do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's horrible to watch. Um, it just looks like um, two people rolling around the floor together that's all it looks like okay so you have to have some knowledge of it to be entertained by it so i can watch a brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament um 
And look at this if you're if you're so inclined, go on YouTube and search, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championships or something like this, and watch one of the fights. Very, very few of them are spectacular. Okay. You don't even get really spectacular throws. Um, you know, it's just it's should do it's not good to watch and i think positive reinforcement dog training is like that um because there's 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 no car crash that we're fixing okay there's no screaming dog that's lunging and barking at us that we can go we fix that okay what we're doing is we're teaching um over and over and over again okay so imagine uh, as a, an example though these tattoo fixer um uh, television programs a big part of that is them rectifying a horror story, okay? But the horror story had to happen first. So you see these, you know, abominable tattoos, which are truly, truly atrocious artwork, okay? Um, and then they bring them into these tattoo artists who then fix them, okay? And it's the contrast between the two, okay? Now, look at that as an example of television versus, so I've got two tattoos, okay? I go in with a, you know, uh, um, a, a, a virgin canvas of my, of my of my body, okay? And I ask somebody to tattoo me, okay? And then they tattoo me and we use that as a television program. That's not great television, okay? Because there's no, oh my God, that's a nightmare. Look at that, okay? Beforehand, there's just my, you know, pasty Scottish white body that's then been, you know, painted, okay? Um, so that before and after, um, is an important part of television and it's television, it's not dog training, okay? Um, so that, that's my thoughts on it. And please don't, don't do the stuff that you see uh, on, the, the, uh, on this show if you're going to watch it, okay? Or watch it with your, uh, educate yourself on dog body language first, then watch it with the sound down. That's also a good way to do it, to see how comfortable the dogs are. Um, about, I think that was maybe about 20 years ago, um, there was a, TV program called Super Nanny, um, which was on uh, both in the UK and in the US. And they had, and again, all the um, uh, all the makings of a great television program, the unruly child, okay, the distraught parents that couldn't control their children and their toddlers, okay, and then this kind of school marm came in, uh, like Mary Poppins and the, the, the London Hackney uh, taxi, and she arrived and sorted it all out, okay. And a lot of it was um, the, uh, the, the contentious nature of it was what made it so appealing. Now, one of the things that um, the super nanny did was she advocated time out, okay? Um, and what she did was she came up with this, and I think it's fairly arbitrary, actually, okay? Um, time out is one minute per year of the child's life. Okay, so if a one-year-old is is throwing a tantrum, they get put on a timeout for one minute. Mm -hmm. A two um a two-year-old is on two minutes. Okay, now does that mean that any a child that's eighteen months gets a minute and a half? Okay, or a child that's thirty months gets two and a half minutes? Okay, so you see how it's complete nonsense. Okay, put on the naughty step, and then it was called the naughty step. So it's you're going on the naughty step, which means that you are a naughty child. Okay. Now, because this was on television then, and I remember this was when my, my kids are 19 and 21 this year, and um, that was the stuff that was getting the, like, the, the guys that, you know, people at work and, you know, 
my friends who had kids at the same. That's what they were using, okay? Put a child in a naughty step because it was on television, okay? Now, I started looking at, a, um, a, he's a doc, medical doctor called Gabor, G-A-B-O-R, Mate, M-A-T-E. So Gabor Mate. Um, and he was talking about it and, uh, about this time out for children. He didn't mention Super Nanny deliberately, uh, sorry, uh, um, specifically, okay? But he said, when a child is having a tantrum, what we do is we put them a time out. And what you're saying to that child is when you're, you're most emotionally vulnerable and needing my help most as the adult in your life and as your guardian, okay, as your parent or your guardian, I will exclude you, okay? So what does that do for your um, child's emotional welfare long-term? Okay. Um, and before you start, because <laughs> these are usually the comments we get at this is, well, it didn't do me any harm and, you know, and we're getting too soft with, with kids and all the rest of it. Okay. If it didn't do you any harm, I'm going to ask the questions. Are you the most, you know, are you, can you emotionally regulate well? Do you never lose your temper? Have you never had any mental health um, problems? Okay. Have any of your friends have ever had any mental health problems? And um, this is the way that you're raising your kids. Are they well adjusted and well balanced and can emotionally regulate and all the rest of it? So this is the damage that bad television can cause us when we put it, when we apply it in our own lives, whether it's through dog training or whether it's through child rearing or a whole bunch of other things. Okay. So just because it's on television doesn't mean that it's okay. Um, very often quite the opposite. All right. Uh, so that's us for today. Um, I've got... Uh, my dog aggression course, uh, which is a, a fully, you know, fully loaded step-by-step -step breakdown of how to deal with dog aggression and reactivity. So if your dog is lunging and barking at the end of the lead towards people and dogs um, when you're out on a walk, uh, then it's fully loaded. There's, you know, dozens of, of lessons in it. Um, and if you're a podcast listening you get 30% off that so if you use the code podcast 30 so it's podcast 30 and I'll link the um I put the link in the description for this episode uh, you get 30% off as a podcast listener podcast listener so thanks very much take care of yourselves okay we're um vaccine rollout in most countries is well underway uh, so please do get vaccinated as well unless there's a good medical reason for you not to okay um please do get vaccinated the science backs it up okay and that's just how we'll get through this um and in the meantime look after yourselves and wash your hands and keep your masks on all right uh, love and peace to you all email me uh, if you get any questions and i'll catch you next time Massive thanks for listening to this episode. Um, your feedback is important to us, so if you've got any comments or thoughts on the podcast or you've got anything that you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please do get in touch. You can find us on uh, all the social media channels, so that's Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. And if you search for Glasgow Dog Trainer and Behaviour Consultant in any of those platforms, you'll find me. Um, or you can email me info at glasgowdogtrainer.co.uk. Thanks very much for listening and your support means the world to us.